Welcome to the Viva Learn GXP podcast. Listen in to learn from our network of industry experts who provide their unique insights, industry trends, and tips for success. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter and join our community on LinkedIn to receive important updates on all things Learn GXP. Now let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Learn GXP podcast. Happy to have everybody here today. Uh, we have a very special guest joining our podcast uh, for this episode, Kent Malmrose from Viva Systems, who's the VP of training. Kent, delighted to have you here. Um, can you just give a little bit of background as to who you are and your experience to date within the life sciences, specifically focused on training? Sure. I appreciate being a very special guest. I think uh, that's the first time anyone's ever said that about me, but I'll take it. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm the, the VP of Training Strategy at Viva. Really what that means is I help oversee uh, our portfolio of training solutions. So I came to Viva five and a half years ago to help develop our life sciences specific learning management system called training. Um, obviously, you and I work together very closely with the Learn GXP offering. And prior to that, I was in industry pretty much my whole career. So what I mean is on the vendor side of developing, delivering life sciences specific training solutions. So that's that's my background. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. So you've seen a few of these before, Kent. Um, it's basically set up as a series of questions. We have typically five questions. You're going to answer each one. Uh, and we're going to get a lot of great feedback from Kent because he's an expert within the LMS space, within the training space. Uh, so I'm looking forward myself to hearing some of the answers uh, emerge from this conversation. Okay, Kent, first question. And this is an interesting one, actually. LMS market consolidation. What are some of the impacts you're seeing at the moment in terms of that? Yeah, it's a great question because we see periods of market consolidation around different products and technologies every few years. And right now, the LMS market has been pretty aggressive in its consolidation. So some of the biggest players, particularly that are more HR-centric, industry agnostic, have combined. And really, the impact that we're seeing is less of a focus on regulatory compliance-centric training or requirements, the things that we're very focused on at Viva, um, more of a focus on learner centricity, consumer friendliness, less formal training, less structured training. And that's a pretty aggressive shift that we know is impacting our customers who, unfortunately, still have to think pretty significantly about compliance when it comes to training. Gotcha. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. I think, yeah, we've seen that a lot recently. And then I suppose that leads on to the next question um, around LXP. Okay, the LXP market. First of all, can you explain to anybody who doesn't understand what, what is LXP, first of all? Yeah, that, that's the right place to start, right? Acronym and, and definition. So LXP is a learning experience platform. And really, I think the easiest way to think about it is a new segment of technology uh, intended to evolve what we were doing with LMS. So LMS is a learning management system. Put your users in, create assignments, manage how people are tracking with their more formal assignments. The learning experience platform is intended to break away from that, put more of the power in terms of how people navigate learning into the learner's hands. So more content centric, um, more recommendation centric, more pull from a learner versus push, very visual and, and user friendly. And 
I think it's safe to say that the LXP market was hot, really hot about five years ago. And it's settled down a little bit. It's retained its importance in the learning technology ecosystem. Uh, but there's definitely been some confusion around what LXPs are and are not. There is a period of a couple of years where all the LXP providers were trending towards also including LMSs, talking about replacing the LMS. And what we've seen from that is certain trends have stayed. Others have faded um, and there is some merge. So actually, it, it relates to the first question. Some of the LMS market consolidation includes LXPs. So LXPs have consolidated. Some of the LMS vendors have purchased some of the large LXPs. And so that is actually part of what's driving um, a lot of that, let's say, lack of compliance or lack of formal assignment centricity in the LMS market. Really, I think from a life sciences standpoint, the thing that we will keep, right, the one thing that will remain from what LXP is delivered in terms of hope and promise is thinking about skilling, creating more focus on upskilling learners around their learning plans versus just creating these rigid qualification sets. Um, you talk about this a lot with LearnGXP, right, which is sort of upskilling your workforce. And it's easy to say we need to make sure a learner has consumed this one piece of content. It's harder to then create context around related pieces of content, make them available to a learner, associate them with skills that you want them to acquire to keep growing. That's the promise of the LXP market, in my opinion, that we'll, that we'll really focus on moving forward. Gotcha. And then a question kind of on that. Um, and I know you kind of, you look at fall training, which is Viva's LMS, the roadmap, how that's emerging, the development on that. What are your thoughts like in terms of that roadmap and, and LXP? Is it something you're factoring in or is it a trend still that hasn't gone, it isn't going to cross over to the regulated space or just your thoughts on that? Definitely thinking about it. And what we just talked about from a skilling standpoint, I think overlaps incredibly seamlessly with the idea of qualifications, particularly for GXP-centric learners. Uh, it's not necessarily part of the vault training roadmap today. I think our vision moving forward will be vault training with its GXP-centric approach to capturing qualifications around more traditional assignment mechanisms will be that hub, right, for organizations that still are in a regulatory compliance landscape and need to assign things. Um, the idea of adding some of the ideas or capabilities that LXPs provide in addition to vault training, I think that's attractive. We talk to customers about it. We'll certainly keep looking at it. Gotcha. Okay, good. Um, that's good background in that. And then something that we hear a lot and we've seen a lot, and it's probably been an industry trend for 20, 30 years, is document-centric training, okay? SOP-driven training, that kind of stuff, right? So that's the kind of comfort blanket around any regulated environment at the moment and has been historically SOP driven training. But now we're seeing that kind of shift in focus in terms of the L&D functions uh, of these organizations. They want to empower their employees beyond that. They want to have a mechanism for professional development. You've kind of touched on it, I guess, but can you add more color to that or you know, companies you're working with and, and talk to? What, what's their kind of, I suppose, viewpoint on that? So this is really, I think, where the rubber hits the road with all of these ideas, and frankly, what brings many of them together. So you referenced L&D, and L&D is absolutely encouraging, for the most part, that LXP concept, consumer-friendly, visual, content-driven, 
more learner engagement. And that makes sense. We, we want learners to be excited about everything they're doing. But life sciences organizations still have to retain quality-focused, GXP-focused documents that really lay out their training program, that lay out some of their critical policies and procedures. They're not going anywhere. But the idea of training on other types of modalities, we're seeing that finally start to be embraced and a lot of action being taken around that. So how do those things coexist? That's really the key question where, quite honestly, Graham, what we're doing is unique because with Quality Docs as part of the Vault ecosystem, you're still going to build those documents that you need to capture your training program or the specific domain-centric content that might tell you how a piece of manufacturing equipment is going to function. You can then connect that to more interactive content, whether it's learn GXP learning, video, digital work instructions, and tie the workflow of those things together before you assign them out to learners. That means that ecosystem that still helps you track the regulatory compliance aspect of managing training can be seamlessly tied to non-document derivatives that actually help the learners train in a way that's more modern. And I think that's part of what often gets lost in translation. It's not that documents are going away. They're still there, but they have to be the foundation for then other content that we're actually using to train learners. And then the ability to manage the, the life cycle of those assets together, that's the critical piece where the magic happens. Got it. Okay. Excellent. That's great color with that. Um, and then a segue to the next question. And the next question is very interesting because I think we both see this on a daily basis between Vault Training, Learn GXP, the unified approach to training. We have, what, over 350 customers now working with our solutions. So we have a really unique insight in terms of what's happening within the training space. And this leads on then to the next question that we're seeing a lot from the L&D functions. How can they be more strategic in their roles to training? Okay, so a little bit of maybe color around that as well, maybe frameworks or reallocation of resources. What, what are your feelings on that? And this really, again, dovetails from the last question. And I think that's probably why you thought of this question here. When we have the ability to create process efficiencies, right, you're not necessarily taking someone's job away. So in smaller companies where you might have someone in a quality L&D function, if you will, and it's not always called that, but for lack of a better phrase, we see quality or GXP-centric learning professionals. And then on the L&D or HR L&D side, they're more often named that, right? Um, this is what we hope will happen. More process efficiencies, less time focused on chasing people down for reviews and approvals, you know, more ability to then take things like the Learn GXP content off the shelf, not have to find SMEs, build instructor-led training, stitch that together with documents, use all of the capabilities with a single vendor who can give you these types of solutions together, and then actually build those non-document-centric types of training for critical manufacturing floor policies and procedures build the video work instructions, build the follow-on, build the digital job aids, build the types of materials that you know are going to actually create better behavioral outcomes and performance, right? So it's really then about trying to get as much efficiency as possible and then reallocating that time to the aspirational stuff, the interactive learning, 
whether that's e-learning, whether that's video, maybe in the future it is AR, VR, MR, that's all possible. Um, but we know right now that's the inhibiting factor is it's just too hard to do all those things with small staffs that are really trying to manage the regulatory compliance piece. Yeah, and that's a good and the point you made there that kind of resonated was, you know, the the quality aspect, quality culture. Like these can, these things can't be can't be done with just document centric training. We need need to have a training strategy. How are you going to upskill your workforces on a continual basis? You know, so the, all those things are very interesting. Um, okay, it's funny good. you say that, Graham, because yeah. we haven't really talked about this, but as we're really having this conversation, I know we think a lot about quality culture. We have great reinforcement of quality culture in the LearnGXP library, there's probably a derivative conversation we had about quality training culture, right? That um, has its own niche. Something for us. Absolutely. To Next podcast we're on, Kent. We can yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Um, okay, good. So uh, leads on to the next question, which is the final question actually as well. And this is a question I ask everybody who comes on the podcast in terms of when they're talking about L&D and training, et cetera, et cetera. It's the age, age old question. Um, training outcomes and effectiveness, right? A little bit about that. I mean, it's something we're looking at all the time within within the whole training space, but what's your kind of thought on that? How can we help our customers be more effective in terms of their outcomes or what are you seeing in the marketplace at the moment? Let me answer the second part of that question first. What am I seeing in the marketplace? I think this is still an untapped market opportunity um, and for good reason, because it's hard to do and it's been hard to bring together the right data to answer the first part of the question. There are really interesting consultants out there who are helping build measurement frameworks. There are certainly products that are integrating that are trying to get after this. But the reason it's hard is ultimately smile sheets or training satisfaction surveys are not measuring training effectiveness, right? We use those as a way to justify our function to show people that learners are engaged. But the right answer is you can only demonstrate that training is effective if you can measure behavior around a job function, train someone, and then measure behavior a second time to show delta. And even in theory, right, you should do that methodically several times to really get a valid set of outcomes. Think about it through the lens of quality. And this is where I think we have a really unique opportunity to do something interesting and different. Within the Vault Quality Suite, for example, we do have quality behavior data or people process data. And then we can associate training to a job function, right, within quality actions or events. And then we can measure outcomes later. For example, a reduction in deviations. We should be trying to do that everywhere. But if you think about how hard it is to get at for example, clinical job data or commercial job data and associate that with training, that's where the secret sauce has to really be made, which is getting to the behavioral data, having the opportunity and a really strong framework to overlay and detect change based on training. Um, so that's what we're all shooting for. I think we're getting to a point now with data lakes, the ability to bring different and disparate data sets into one place where we'll be able to finally get there. Um, and that's going to require a lot of intelligence, learning strategists, right? Measurement consultants to think about this holistically as part of a learning strategy for your organization. So we still have a long way to go, but I think there's optimism that we'll get there soon. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. So that's excellent. So we covered a lot of, a lot of uh, aspects there. So we covered uh, 
LMS market consolidation, the LXP market, document center training. Um, we've covered things around a strategic approach to training and also training outcomes and effectiveness. So if there's one key takeaway you want uh, our listeners and our viewers to go away with, what would it be? I think in this day and age, what I really want to focus on is how unique we are from a time perspective for life sciences companies where we've seen over the last three decades as technology has grown, this aspiration of a single system. And it's a good and appropriate aspiration. But also, if you think about everything we just discussed, vendors are not focused on regulatory compliance training at the highest level. And there is an increasing need to both make sure that we're qualified, make sure that we're inspection ready, and make sure that learners are engaged. So the idea of having a vendor, a partner, a set of solutions that are laser focused on those problems um, is something that I think is critical for our industry to think about. Because regardless of where you're putting the decisions around L&D or learning technology, scaled companies, emerging companies, it's even more, but scaled companies, 80% of their training volume by assignment is GXP focused. So that's where decisions really need to start. That's where these thought processes really need to focus. And I think that's probably the big takeaway is that's more important than ever, Graham. Gotcha. Okay, excellent. Good stuff. And right on time. So um, thank you very much for all that, Kent. It's sure. been a, an amazing podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you in the next, next six to 12 months for the next podcast. Anytime. Thanks, Ken. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Viva Learn GXP podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. To learn more about our training solutions or sign up for a demo, visit us at learngxp.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us on the next episode of the Viva Learn GXP podcast.